Hey everyone, welcome to the Bucks, Bulls, and Bows podcast. I'm your host, Rod White. It is November 6th, and we are moving right into what most of us would classify as a peak rut here in southern Iowa. I'm with a good friend of mine, Dustin Fenton. Some of you guys may know Dustin from uh, hanging out with me and my new buddy, Spike, over at the public <laughs> land in a tunnel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Spike. You may have also seen Dustin on some of the Deer Society podcast, or not podcasts, but uh, TV episodes. You've been on a couple of them, I think. Yeah, I was on a couple of the intro things and some other stuff on there. So we're um, we're hunting southeast Iowa right now. As a lot of a lot of you guys know, I've got spots kind of all over the place that are public ground from all the way over south and west of Des Moines, um, clear over to eastern Iowa right now. I've kind of scratched off northeast Iowa because honestly, I just don't have anybody to stay with up there. So. Um, when I'm down here hunting southeast Iowa, I stay with Dustin. When I'm um, over there closer to uh, Ottumwa and those and west of there, I stay with another buddy named Jordan. So um, anyways, we uh, we thought we'd do this podcast. We just made it to iTunes, so um, please share this podcast with everybody that you can because that would obviously help reach a lot more people. Give us a five-star rating on, on the iTunes podcast. I don't know where you're listening to this at. Um, I just saw today, I think, that we got on iTunes. So um, we're going to hopefully... Um, start reaching a lot more people through that platform. Uh, until now, we've been on Spotify and some other sources like this one. So, anyways, um, we don't really have an agenda for what we're going to talk about tonight. But today was the first day that uh, we saw a lot of really good rut activity, which I told you guys this was coming starting November seventh. Um, that's whenever November seventh through the tenth, give or take a day, is whenever the peak rut activity starts, which is good and it's bad. Um, it's bad in that if you have a target buck that you've been trying to kill, you may only have a few more days if you're lucky to target to, to kill that buck um, in his core area. And that, that's just 100% the truth. After, after that, um, we enter that lockdown phase, which is really when the breeding actually happens. Um, and when that breeding starts to occur after that, those bucks start traveling massive distances to find more um, tail that's just in heat. So... Um, I don't know, Dustin, you got any other thoughts on any of that? or No, just seeing the, the does finally acting um, kind of silly in the timber and hiding, that's kind of one of the things I start to look for. They they seem to disappear off of the the food source. They're tired of being chased, and they just don't want to put themselves out there. So they, they tend to start hiding a lot of the honeysuckle stuff we like to hunt in. Um, if you guys have any of that on your farms, I think it's great at this time for calling and and having the deer sneak in there and, and kind of play what I call hide and seek where the bucks are bumping them around and you can usually see quite a bit of running activity and that stuff. Plus the calling is at your advantage also. Yeah. Um, th- so from, from an antler, a, a lot of you have heard me talk about from a, a calling communication perspective right now, um, antlers have been extremely valuable um, and they will continue for some, some period of time, maybe another week or so. After that, their their ability to um, turn bucks and and get bring them into your close into bow range is going to start to diminish somewhat, and and calling is going to be a lot more effective with vocalizations, meaning a grunt tube. So whether you're running an extinguisher or whatever it is that you're running, um, that'll become more val- valuable to you um, as as the days progress. It's just going to get better and better for that. We are at a time period too, though, where we're running to the peak of the rut, and the bad news of the peak of the rut is you just have to be flat out lucky, which is something I'm not in virtually anything. Um, so you, you know, your ability to call a, a, a buck off a hot doe, for example, man, it's it's small. I've done it before. You can look up some stuff on Deer Society where I've done it, but it's it's a rare occasion. And tonight we were sitting. Actually, I got into a stand about one o'clock, I think. 
Um, I moved locations from one public piece to another public piece. Um, and I got into a stand. I got, I wasn't there more than 10 or 15 minutes and I had a hot doe come through with a, uh, buck that we actually kind of thought might be a target buck, uh, maybe two of them. Um, and there actually were, I think four bucks total dog and her, and, um, they cut back up to a hill. Um, Dustin came in, I called Dustin. He, he, he changed, I forget what you had changed your plans on wherever you were going to hunt for the afternoon. Yeah. One of the places was blown up by dogs and people and things, I suppose. And I, <laughs> <laughs> I did a big circle and ran back to a different, different stand where I could still hunt a, a south wind. And I'd end up not getting until about three thirty. but the same buck that Rod had seen earlier in the afternoon came up into my area and it appeared that the doe that he was following was, was coming close to Estrus because the same kind of thing I was talking about the hide and seek where she would stand in the honeysuckle and he would bump her and they wouldn't go too far. And I, I tried and tried and tried to call him off or coax him off. And none of the calling attempts bothered him. Like, like he knew that stuff was going on at this point, but he just wasn't willing to leave that doe. Yeah. So right now, like you're going to start to experience a lot of that where, where you'll see one doe come, come into estrus. Well, I don't want to say come to, they're beginning to come into estrus. Um, that cycle period, and I'm not a biologist, but if I remember correctly from what I know of, of, uh, my ex-father-in-law having deer, uh, in his deer pen, that, that lasts about 24 hours or more before they come into estrus. And then you've got about 48 hours, I believe when they're receptive and that, I mean, give or take eight hours or something like that. I think it is. Um, so when, when you have a doe that's hot in an area like that, when I, when, when I found out Dustin's area kind of got blown up, I'm like, Hey dude, I, I mean, I got a hot doe here. It's crazy for you to go anywhere else other than where you have a hot doe. In fact, all of my stuff is still sitting up in a tree on public land because I know a hundred percent I've got a hot doe. I, I'm insane for leaving that area, and it's it's a suggestion I'm making to you now. When that happens to you, and I'm sure it will if you're spending any time in the tree at all, which you better be hunting according to the solar calendar right now, meaning when the sun's up, you better be in a daggum tree because the next um, three to four days, well, or maybe, maybe even five days, are going to be phenomenal. And then we have a bonus uh, coming at the end of that with some cold weather, hopefully, um, Somewhere around Tuesday, it sounds like Monday, Tuesday. I don't know how accurate that is. It's the Weather Channel, so it's whatevs. But um, I think it's going to uh, turn cold. And if we get some north winds and some west winds, just a different change of direction winds, um, that's really going to light up the timber uh, even more. So, um, so when we would normally go into that lockdown period, I think that some of those does that are still in estrus are, are probably going to be just well that cycle is not really related to the weather specifically but i think that the overall movement of deer is going to be increased because right now i think what we're going to face for the next three and you can tell me if, if i'm crazy dustin but i think the next three to four days then the normal activity we would typically see are does running all day long with bucks on their tails now you're going to have because of this incredible heat that we're facing i think you're going to have a lot of those does are going to want to bed down um, especially you got to remember not all the does are going to be coming in estrus the next three to four days, but the large majority of them are going to be begin to become, are going to begin to come in estrus um, during that time period, and that will last three or four more days after that, which is what I I consider the I think a lot of people consider the lockdown. That's when the actual breeding is going to occur. So, the the next three to four days, instead of having does that are on their feet because the weather is really in our in our favor as far as being cold and um, different wind directions changing up quite a bit t- 
typically as it does this time of year, those does are not going to be on their feet as much. They're going to bed down. Um, the advantage to that, though, because I know you guys have heard me, if you listen to me at all, you've heard me talk about making lemons and a lemonade kind of deal. If, if you have a lot of heat that's suppressing those, those does and they're going to be bedded down earlier instead of running throughout the day like they normally would, those bucks are not going to stop. During the rut, they're just, they're not. Um, so when those does lay down, I, I feel like it's a really similar turkey hunting that, you know, hens go to, they, they fly down off the roost. They're active really quite a bit till around nine or 10 in the morning, depending on the time of the year, obviously. And then they go to nest. And when they go to nest, those, those toms are still, they're just flat out horny and they're running around trying to find other hens and they're strutting and they're gobbling. They're extremely active and they're super easy to kill. And I feel like that's the same situation we run into whitetails. Not that they're turkeys, obviously, but I feel like that's it's a big opportunity. If you are positioned in between bedding areas um, with heavy cover, and by heavy cover right now, uh, Dustin mentioned earlier, honeysuckle. Honeysuckle, if you have it in your area, or any type of lower brush that, that creates a transition within the timber, um, that those are areas that those bucks are, those does are going to be dodging in and out alongside of those areas. And they're going to be trying to get away from those bucks, just like the exact scenario that doesn't just lay it out for you. Yeah, and I think the biggest mistake that people are making at this time, and I'm hearing hearing people say that they're just not going to they're not going to go out until the last hour, or they're going to spend an hour in the tree in the morning. And it's it's no matter what how you look at it, the heat the heat is going to change things obviously a little bit, but it's still it's still November seventh tomorrow. So like, don't wait. You know, be out there and get in the tree and. If you can, like Rod said, get get near some bedding cover and where a transition is, where it changes from like heavy cover on the edge of something, you know, and if, if there's a pond in the area, that may help you. It may or may not. Some of them are really good and other ones are, are tough. But um, I think some of the mistakes made, though, is that it just everybody says the rut's not going to happen because it's hot. And that simply is not true. I mean, the rut's going to happen no matter what the temperature is. What you see is going to change. And whether or not they do some more while it's cooler in the early morning or in the afternoon, but the bedding is still the key. I think your does are still the key, obviously, right now. So, well, and I think um, it's a lot like I, I, some of you heard me talk a lot of earlier in the past couple podcasts. If you've been listening, um, I've talked about liquid gold, meaning just straight up water. Um, if if you have a a source of water that is secluded in the timber. Um, and kind of meets the criteria I talked about a couple days ago in that podcast. Those areas are extremely valuable. You know if it's going to be hot, you're going to have south winds or southerly winds of one um, type or another. You know, it's going to be southeast, southwest, straight south, whatever. And we've got several days of that coming up. Um, those kind of places, if you can get up uh, where if, – if you're fortunate enough to have an area that has honeysuckle or or, or some other really thick vegetation – that's um that creates changes in habitat within the timber that leads up into a pond source that maybe has food source on the other side like if i could architect the dream scenario that's it um you really if you if you don't have water in your area which could be the case for some of you you need to move to a totally different area i don't care if it's your own ground you have private ground or whether you're hunting public ground whatever the case may be those deer have to have access to water Otherwise, I think you're missing the boat because the general population of deer, uh, meaning the, the younger bucks and the does, are, are going to need some sort of water. And if you don't have water, um, man, I just think you're you're screwed. I mean, 
you just you got to go find some somewhere. That could be in the source of a, a river or a creek, um, preferably uh, a secluded type pond or a dry creek that has little pockets of water. They don't need much, like a little a little seep that provides like a cup of water really is all they really need. Um, as long as you've got that, then then you're in pretty good shape. But definitely have to find diversification within the timber because you need to be hunting those bedding areas because that's what those bucks are doing too. Right now you need to be wherever those bucks are wanting to be as well, which is wherever you have some hot does or wherever you have does in general. Um, and then as we move through the next three or four days, we'll keep you posted with other updates, or at least I will. Um, I'm sorry I don't have my mics with me to make the audio super clean and crisp, but hopefully this works out. Um, I left them up in my apartment like a knucklehead. But <laughs> I don't know. Do you got anything else you want to add, Dustin, right now? No, just for all the people that have waited you know, all year for this time of the year to be here, don't, don't let it get by you and, and get out there as often and as much as you can. Spend as much time in the timber as you can at this point. You know, lockdown's coming when they'll be breeding and stuff, and we won't see them as much as we are now. Just get in on the bedding in the morning and, and maybe get between bedding and food in the evening and, and hunt as much as you can over the next three or four days for sure. Yeah, literally all day long. Like, don't get out of your stand unless you're going to change locations and have a plan for the day. Like, I can't stress that enough, man. Like, um, I'm getting messages from people asking me if I'm still calling. You know, what are you doing during the midday hours? Well, I'm in a tree. I'm <laughs> I'm going to be in a tree all day long. If I get out of a tree, it's only to go to another tree. That's the only reason I'm getting out of a, uh, out of a tree. So I have plans on, on the different pieces of, and I, again, I'm hunting all public land virtually this year. I might bounce in and out of a private piece here or there with Dustin that he has permission on or whatever, but um, just to, to hunt together. But we're, he's hunting a lot of public ground with me. We're hunting a ton of public ground. So um, the excuse that, you know, you're hunting heavily pressured areas that other people are hunting, man, we're right there with you and we're finding good bucks. Check out my Instagram story, man. You're, you're, you're seeing a lot of, uh, if you're watching my Instagram, you're seeing a lot of three-year-olds that are on camera today. I almost, I, I almost shot one this morning by mistake <laughs> and another one that, um, had on camera that Dustin had on camera that, that actually I totally forgot about, but he looked really good in the velvet. He sent me a picture while we were there and I'm like, dang it, that was if he was still in velvet, I'd have punched my tag right there, but I, you know, I, I let him go. But those deer, anyhow, some of those deer are on my Instagram story. Um, realize I'm not filming everything with my phone right now because a lot of times I have my bow in my hand, especially at this time of year, you have no idea what's going to show up. And as we move forward over the next five or six days, you're going to have new deer moving to area. And unfortunately, you're going to lose your core deer. Um, so if you have a target buck, I would highly suggest if you have anything remotely close to the criteria we talked about before, what you should be hunting, you should really be on in, in those areas all day long, regardless of the heat. Um, it, it could actually work to your advantage if you have a situation where you have a water source like we talked about earlier. If, if not, then um, I don't know, go find one that does. Um, you, you, and I hate to say this, but you may have already missed your opportunity to have uh, to, to, to kill a, a localized buck. But, you know, time will tell. Depends on personalities. Depends on the age of the deer. Um, some deer never leave an area. Some deer do. But uh, a lot of you that are chasing three- and four-year-old deer, to be honest, after after the next, and once we hit that lockdown period, after that, your your deer are probably going to be gone. Um, I mean, I don't know. What would you say, Dustin, compared to the, in, historically in the past for you? Yeah, they get they become tough. They get out there. They They've bred the does in that area, so then... They're gonna move on to to find 
farther does. I mean, whatever does they can come on to. Unlike the does, you know, the the bucks are not going to lay down in bed and give up. They're going to keep going and going and going. So you, it, it's hard to get pictures of those deer that you had in the early season and the late season too. They're usually off to food after the breeding is over, and that's hard to say where that's going to be too. So. Well, um, we're going to wrap these up because, like I, I said in the, originally, we're going to do our best to keep these kind of short unless we're doing um, some podcasts that are uh, not necessarily of um, based on the time of the year that we're in. Um, but these are kind of day-to-day stuff, or I'm going to try to kick these out daily, these podcasts, um, at least uh, shorter ones anyways. We're at 16 minutes, so we're going to wrap this one up. Um, we need some sleep because we sit all day wide awake in a tree looking for deer like you should be too, so. <laughs> good luck everybody thanks for listening and please uh uh share this up with all your friends and and family anybody else that you know that has a passion for chasing mature whitetails wherever they are in the country um give us a five-star rating and uh we'd super appreciate it thanks a lot and uh good luck stay safe see ya adios amigos <laughs>